What do you do during the middle of a global pandemic? Brewery grand opening, of course. How are breweries coping? We take a look at some stories from around the country. German Puritists are going to roll over in their grave. New company allows you to make a beer without barley. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. This is a podcast where we talk about beer and we are over this shit. I'm Jeremy Jones. <laughs> I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I don't know how I am the only person uh, that is actually, I think the only person left in this industry that is way too busy, but I was so much so that I didn't have a time to write one of my creative intros. So that was it. That's what you get. Hi. How you doing, Tyler? <laughs> oh, pretty good. I'm fucking over this quarantine, but... <laughs> What are we drinking today? Uh, I'm going old school. Found a can of the Five Pine Chocolate Porter from Three Creeks Brewing uh, in the back of my fridge, and so decided to kick it old school. That's a, a an oldie but a goodie here in uh, in, in in this in this area of the country. Uh, I don't know. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's just a nice, good rose profile coming through with a nice, real clean chocolate finish. Um, so just a nice, well balanced porter. Fair enough. I'm sticking with the uh, still a couple more couple weeks left in Idaho Craft Beer Month. So uh, starting off with a, a special release from Boise uh, Boise Brewing there uh, from their Evolution series. This is the uh, the Jill Juice Juicy IPA. Um, I mean, the first the first thing you notice is not hazy, a little haze, but I can see my hand on the other end. So. Um, tropical fruit, mango, papaya, moderate bitterness. Yeah, I think they fell into the, uh, it's a good beer. I think you could just say IPA. I don't think you'd have to, I think, I think, uh, uh, advertising it as a juicy is a bit, uh, is a bit rich, but yeah, it's a good IPA. But it's a buzzword. I, I, I understand, but I mean, we are. We're, it's Armageddon. We can stop with uh, buzzwords now. It's just like it's a beer. Just drink it and forget about life. Just drink it. <laughs> drink it while you're homeschooling your kids. You nervous fuck. <laughs> that should be the name of beer. Drink this while you're homeschooling your children. <laughs> Everyone would buy it. <laughs> I should. I, I. I brew beer. And, uh, I should just go ahead and make that. All right. <laughs> So, Jeremy, I got a quick question to ask you. What is your just ideal thing to do right now during this global pandemic? Um, let's see. Uh, go for weeks without wearing clothes. Um, experiment with uh, shoving various objects into my eye. And um, I don't know. I thought you were going somewhere else with shoving objects into. <laughs> Family show, Tyler. Family show. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, not beyond that either. And, uh, catching up on my seppuku. I'm just going to roll right by that. Cause I have no fucking clue what seppuku is. <laughs> it's ritual suicide is what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, there is a brewery, uh, up in Alberta, Canada that decided this would be the perfect time to officially open and have their grand opening. For their new brewery, I'm gonna go out on a limb uh, and suggest that they that this wasn't like their ideal time. It wasn't like they were w waiting in the wings, going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait!" 
is there like a global disaster that would that we could we could like uh, open up during? <laughs> it's like is there some like major event that would keep people from showing up? There is. All right, this this week we're doing it. We're doing it. We're living the dream. <laughs> well, uh, so it's Sturgeon Brewing Company. Up in Alberta, Canada. Uh, they'd been prepping to open this brewery uh, for two years now. Uh, saw this news article on Global News Canada. Um, and as most brewery employees or owners would probably weigh in, right now would probably be the most chaotic and stressful time to try to open a brewery. Because you're basically limited to growlers to go. And any package sales you have going out the door. I mean, I ar- most- ar- arguably it's actually the chillest time to open a brewery because you know you don't have to you don't have to contend with anybody actually showing up. You just like, yeah, we'll put beer in a growler, sure. Yeah, but it's not the best when you've sunk all your money into trying to open the place to get the doors open, and because of laws. They can't come in. True, not ideal. Um, so they have released a statement saying that they're going to open this Saturday. Um, and they're promising to practice safe social distancing. Um, and as patrons line up for beer in Morinville, Alberta, Canada. Uh, with this here, they are only doing growlers to go for the their grand opening. Uh, you can either buy a new sturgeon growler or bring in an old one that they'll sanitize and then fill up there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like I said, spent the last two years prepping to open. Uh, and after a lot of local encouragement, they decided to continue ahead and go with the grand opening this weekend, despite the novel coronavirus. I mean, it sounds like, uh, I mean, they, they, they very much makes sense if they had any brains whatsoever going, uh, maybe wait until we are, people can show up maybe, but that's what I would have thought. But on the um, other hand, I mean, the fact that you've, the fact that you have your equipment sitting in a, I'm assuming you're it's sitting in a spot. They are either renting or own probably renting. It doesn't mean that, you don't already have overhead. It's not like, you know, you, you, the, the money starts, you, you start paying money the minute the doors open, you know, they're already, yep. there's already money being sunk in. Yep. So they are renting a spot in a local strip mall. Um, like I said, no cans, bottles, or kegs will be available. Just growlers. Only five people will be allowed inside the brewery at a time. And they are offering free delivery in the Morinville area for those who are self-isolating. Cool. Any any word on what they're making? Uh, from the article, uh, they did list some of the beers. Uh, Stout will be available, as well as a cream ale and a raspberry cream ale. Cool. Um, well, I've, I've, I'd be interested to see if they have a first anniversary or a second, but goddamn, if they if they make it, don't they have a story? I was going to say, while it's a ballsy move, and, I mean, either way, staying closed or opening, it's probably not going to do anything. I would suspect they'll have, like, an 
secondary grand opening once this whole thing blows over. Oh, but, I should imagine, yeah, that like the proper grand opening where people can show up and have a pint. Yeah, but like you said, if they can make it through, it will be a hell of a story. Uh, well, uh, I suppose uh, for that particular brewery in Canada, I'm pulling for you. Uh, there's probably no way I'm getting up to Alberta ever, but uh, or at least not in the near future. But um, you know, good luck. <laughs> And I think we're outside of their delivery area. So. Just a, I'll, I'll give them a call and find out. Um, see how, <laughs> depending on how desperate they are, maybe they'll, we're not that far from Alberta. Only like, what, 10, 12 hours? Get on a bike, you fucks. <laughs> Start pedaling. Well, Jeremy, what do we got coming from you? Well, I mean, I was cycling through stories. I mean, you know, obviously the big story we've we've been talking about it oh for the last month and or even more than that is I've been trying to figure out how best what I mean how best to tell this story this week and the the best thing I could come up with is I mean last week we talked a lot about the statistics and you know where the industry itself is going, but it's hard to pin down. I mean, what is actually happening? Because the the industry, uh, the craft beer industry, is so dynamic, and every every uh, individual brewery's experience is so different um, that it, I thought it would be interesting just to like pick up pick a few of uh, the hot the hot spots, especially states where that we've covered a lot in the past, and just see what the big craft beer story was in that area. Um, I actually, All right, I actually started. This here is at- how we're gonna keep. Oh, this is how we're going to keep beating this dead horse? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. I saw the horse twitch and then cough. It's got the COVID. <laughs> so it ain't, but it ain't dead yet. Um, but it doesn't have a ventilator, so it's going soon. <laughs> this got dark so- in a hurry. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is a, this is a fun beer podcast. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Woo. <laughs> uh, the first story actually is from uh, from. I thought I would start here locally. Um, uh, this comes from our local paper, the Idaho Statesman, by Michael Deeds, um, uh, and the uh, uh, the Idaho craft beer scene has actually has had its first uh, brewery uh, casualty. Um, here we lost um, uh, Betram. It's a uh, uh, it's a small brewery uh, out in Salmon. If you don't know where Salmon, Idaho is, then, I mean, you don't live in Idaho. And even if you do live in Idaho, there's like a 60% chance you don't know where it is. It's in the it's in the wild somewhere. Um, brew pub. Right up by Montana. Pretty much. It's a it, it's a brew pub. They were doing rest. They were they they had a they had a restaurant, I think. Um and they decided to, the, to call it there. That, that brewery is up for sale. So that is the official, I guess, first closing here locally. Um, the, but the article basically runs through a bunch of what local breweries are doing. And it's a, it's a microcosm of what's happening nationally. Um, uh, Clairvoyant um, is, is, finds himself in a fortunate spot because they have very little debt. And as we've been talking about over and over and over, debt is going to be what kills you right now. I mean, it was the it was the thing that was it was a it was bad going in, given how uh, saturated the market has become. 
But right now, if you've got debt over your head, you're in a bad way. Um, but uh, they mentioned that brewery still holding on because they luckily are not uh, they're not affected by that. Um, Woodland Empire uh, was um, was they were they had their tap room open for a while doing growlers and cans to go, but they've actually shut down completely and focused their entire operation on producing. Um, cans for grocery stores which you know makes sense that's about that that's that's where the market is anymore i mean you you can maybe well it's gonna be interesting to see how much like growlers and cans to go out of a tap room can like uh, uh bridge the gap um but uh, the real i mean the the answer is if you've if you've gotten in at a grocery store you're doing better but the uh the uh, it's still tough i as they mentioned the 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 margin is is much worse and there's a lot of expense but also you also consider that i i mean your money is going more places so you you might consider that more people are employed for every can you know spread it out a little bit Spread it out a little. I guess it depends if you're worried about keeping the brewery, uh, keeping the brewery uh, up, or the people employed. Uh, one of uh, Edge, we've talked about them um, in their uh, in their lawsuit with Miller Coors. Uh, they shut down their uh, downtown tap room that they opened earlier this year or late last year. But I mean, it is really kind of the microcosm that we've been talking about. I mean, packages. If you if you have pack if you. Uh, if you have package available and have space at a grocery store, you're you at least got a you at least got some income. But right now, it's looking like it's not. It's not. I mean, it's not going to get you where you were. But it's it's some income coming in, and maybe it's enough. We'll we'll uh, wait and see. Um, this one comes out of uh, Craft Brewing Business, um, and this one's by uh, Keith Gribbins. So. Uh, you remember uh, we talked about Maryland and their fucked up beer laws, right? Yep. Uh, the Brewery Modernization Act, which is an, an adorably named uh, 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 law, um, it passed last year to help get rid of some of the some of the more some of the like more awful laws in Maryland that keeps uh, uh, breweries from selling to customers. Uh, I mean, I think. I don't remember which one it was, but you know, if if you love us, you've already listened to it, so you all know. Um, but there was a production gap. Um, it went up. Um, you know, breweries could only produce. I think it was um, the 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 law raised the limit to five thousand barrels a year. I want to say it was three. It was three thousand before that, um, and that's how much you could produce. Um, there was a sales limit for on for on premise, um, at which point in time, then you had to shift to all on off premise. It was it was a fucking mess. And here's something I don't think we covered when we first uh, uh, when we first did this story. Um, apparently, um, to buy um, to buy beer at a brewery for off premise consumption, visitors had to take a guided tour. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, it that was apparently part of it. Uh, you had to, uh, which I imagine that meant fucking. You had a whole lot of breweries going. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. There's the fermenter. There's the brew stand. 
there, you, there's the tour. You can buy our beer now. You goddamn yep. <laughs> fucking state. <laughs> and tour giving tours at a brewery are a double edged sword. Sometimes it's great when the people are super interested. They're engaging. It's awesome. When people are just like, I'm here to get fucked up. You're like, why the fuck do I have to give this goddamn tour? I have been on a lot of brewery tours in my in my life, and they range everything from, okay, there's the brew stand, there's fermenter, you want to get fucked up now? Um, to, like, I mean, I think the best one I ever went to was actually Yingling's in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Um, nice. Um, not not because the tour, it, not because what they were saying was especially interesting. I mean, they were it, it, it was a tour for the for for the masses. It was this is how we make beer. We put barley here, we put hops here, and we make beer here. So who wants one? But uh, just seeing the sheer amount of equipment they managed to cram in such a small space is amazing. So um, didn't you also get to go down into the caves where they used to logger? Correct. So um, in Pottsville, the the, the brewery is kind of built into the side of a mountain, what passes for a mountain in Pennsylvania. But yeah, they used to logger in these. Uh, in in they they weren't natural caves. I don't think they were they were excavated. But the funny part was is that they uh, they had to wall up the uh, the caves during prohibition to you know keep anybody from getting at that beer, and the walls are still there. And apparently broken down long before prohibition was over. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's a bit of a uh, uh, but uh, bit of a tangent. Anyway, so back to Maryland. Um, the so anyway, so you had you, you had a series of laws that were basically uh, you know were were hamstringing an entire industry. Things did improve last year. Um, but once the once the uh, the pandemic hit, uh, they decided that they needed to uh, how do I put this mildly cut their horse shit. Um, the 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 comptroller Peter Franchot announced uh, that the state was temporarily suspending its enforcement of any limits imposed on customers purchasing beer and distilled spirits uh, at the at tap rooms. You know, they basically said, "All right, in light light of you know current law restricts how much product a Maryland-based craft brewery and craft dealer distillery can sell." Blah 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 blah. <coughs> in light of the public health and economic crisis that our state is experiencing as a result of the coronavirus pandemic and the severe financial losses that are being incurred by our local independent businesses that can no longer serve their customers on premises, our agency is suspending. It's enforcement of these laws for the duration of Governor Hogan's state of emergency. Uh, and he goes on to uh, he, he goes on to give a stirring speech on how how Maryland's uh, burgeoning craft beer industry will persevere uh, during these trying times, which would be easier if, um, you know, you didn't have those laws. laws were never there in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's he. He he ended that saying if these uh, manufacturers are forced to close, there's all the pandemic's impact, the economic effect in terms of job loss, lost revenue and lost community investment would be devastating, which you kind of go, OK, well, if you give a rat's ass about that beforehand, I'd say you would have gotten rid of those laws. But, hey, it's good. It's objectively good. Um, 
it took hopefully they don't bring them back it you know what and that's the interesting thing how many different laws are being relaxed or or um or uh uh or suspended you know suspended now this one is pretty clear that it these laws are only suspended um for the duration of the governor's stay-at-home order but i still feel that's a hard genie to put back in the bottle um it's you know you're gonna have a whole lot of people going look we were able to produce as much as we want. We were able to sell directly to consumers. We were able to deliver in some uh, some areas. And look, society continued. They weren't they weren't all out dancing in the streets. So it turns out all your worries about this were complete horseshit, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you will also have the pressure from the consumer side saying, "Hey." We really like being able just to drive down to the local brew pub and buy this beer. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, I think the good news is it's going to sh- just show just how like nonsense a lot of these laws are. They don't they they don't promote you know temperance or any sort of societal benefit. All they do is uh, is hamper small businesses. People are going to do what they're going to do, and so yeah, hopefully this. This helps change those. Um, skipping over to the Midwest, uh, in in my old stomping grounds, um, this comes out of uh, 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 KOLN, Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, a uh, the uh, uh, a brew a supplier of brewery equipment um, is uh, going to um, basically uh, match any. Uh, any gift cards sold by a craft brewery in Nebraska um, for the duration of this uh, epidemic. Nice. So uh, if you buy from, let's say like Nebraska brewing company, they'll then match one for them. Um, ba- so basically there, I mean, it's not, so if you buy a gift card from say Nebraska brewing company, which was right down the street from my house in Bellevue, Nebraska did not appreciate what a great brewery it was. Um, but yeah, if you, so what happens if you buy a gift card, um, from that brewery, uh, for $20, um, uh, American beer equipment will give the brewery an extra 20 bucks. That is awesome. Um, and, uh, They'll, they're going to match up to uh, uh, $10,000 in sales, um, which, I mean, that's, you know, this is a, this is a, uh, a, a manufacturer of brew equipment. Obviously they definitely in the Lincoln, Nebraska area, they definitely have ties to the, uh, uh, to the brew community. Um, and this, and this is going to, uh, uh, anybody that's a member of the Nebraska, excuse me, the Nebraska Brewers Guild, um, to, uh, you know, to, to help bridge, help, you know, help them get through because, you know, takeout delivery can only go so far as, as uh, the article says. And as we know, uh, gift cards are being pushed as a way to, um, to, um, you know, to, to be able to spend money now and, you know, get some benefit later. But, um, I mean, it's, that was, that was nice to see, uh, um, you know, a, uh, you know, another part of the industry, 
uh, figuring out a creative way to to help the brew pubs because it. I mean, it turns out I think uh, um, uh, the brew equipment is still essential, so they can still manufacture and uh, and ship it. Although outside of Canada, I don't think there's anybody buying a whole lot of new brew equipment. <laughs> uh, and also, the great part about that is it basically makes those gift cards free to the breweries that are selling them. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. If you if you give a twenty dollar gift card to someone who just gave you twenty dollars, and then you get twenty dollars from another person without having to give that out, now you're operating on house money. I mean, if you have the foresight to think about it that way, but I mean, but yeah, when you work it out, it kind of means that you know. I guess what you're saying is, if you're buying a, a gift card in Nebraska, uh, American uh, the American beer, uh, brew company is uh, buying you a beer if you go buy a gift card. So, yep. Um, and then, um, the, you know, the last kind of thing I want to touch on, um, I actually, I actually found this story through, uh, city pages out of, uh, out of Minnesota. We've talked about, uh, uh, I, 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 I uh, a lot of Minnesota breweries. What I found was five breweries in Minnesota are participating in a program that was actually started, uh, by, uh, um, by Utter Half Brewing out in, in, uh, uh, Brooklyn, New York. And they are putting together a worldwide collaboration beer, the first of its kind, the uh, All Together. Um, here's how it basically works. Um, you know, in an effort to kind of, it, it, it's in an effort to, uh, uh, like, have the experience of, you know, this idea of, of a shared experience, any brewery can get, can take this recipe, brew it on their equipment, and then sell it. Um, with the idea that you can have, you know, that, that, uh, people throughout the country, throughout the world actually are drinking the same beer. Um, they've made the recipe very comprehensive. Um, you can use the artwork for cans, uh, growlers, whatever you'd like. Um, all of it's free and open. And, uh, the, all they're asking to, uh, to, to use this is that if you can, um, give some of, Give some money uh, to uh, to uh, uh, the the service industry somehow, either by giving a portion to employees to your employees, employees you've had to lay off to um, to a charity that uh, helps the service industry. Um, but they're even saying if you honestly can't do that and you just need the money to stay afloat, feel free to do that. So it's like the resilience IPA, just less. It's the resilience IPA, except for I mean, if you actually do need the money to stay afloat, you don't have to feel as guilty about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the resilient, so the resilience IPA. This was last year. Um, remind me what it was. It was for California wildfires. Yeah. Oh. So it was the for, for the campfire fire in Northern California that destroyed a bunch of like did- was the biggest fire in like California history. Destroyed a town and it was terrible a lot of houses had to be rebuilt so sierra nevada created this beer called resilience they gave out the recipe to anyone who wanted it the only stipulation was a hundred percent of the proceeds had to go back to the relief fund they even partnered where they where certain suppliers would donate free um grain and supplies so that you could basically brew this for free and donate everything. 
Um, and the and the and the part you know and the and the part of that was you know to you know you were, were you, is it was it all proceeds from if you brewed that beer all proceeds were supposed to go to uh, to the um, to the charity in question. If I remember correctly, it was all proceeds went back to were supposed to go back to that. Okay, and I mean the reason, and be- then they had a hard time collecting all of those. <laughs> I mean that was that was the thing where they they kind of ran into a little bit of problem was I don't know how that story ever ended, but they ran into this thing like yeah a bunch of breweries haven't paid us the money yet they the the exact the exact quote from the uh, and this is from altogether.beer this is where the uh, the 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 actual program is uh, put out uh, they say we ask that a portion of the proceeds go to supporting hospitality professionals in your community and the rest should go to keeping your, you in business to weather the storm um and then for the brewery it's the brewery that's hosting this um uh, the proceeds are going to the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. Um, but, I mean, their point is, I mean, yeah, it's about raising money. Yeah, it's about trying to get people out to support their local brewery. But, I mean, it's more of a, I mean, it's more, it's almost more of a, like a, like a worldwide art project they're engaging on. I mean, less a, less a, uh, uh, <laughs> I, real, I mean, there's, I mean, there, is there a point to it? I mean, is it trying to raise money for a certain cause? No, it's more like we're all brewing this beer. We can, all, you know, we're all going to drink essentially the same beer and, you know, support the people who made it because, you know, do that. Um, and the uh, the the recipe was actually crafted to be pretty much e- to to be pretty easy to brew no matter where you are, what what access to ingredients you have. Um, I actually pulled it up just out of interest. Um, it is it can be a northeast IPA or a west coast IPA, depending on the yeast you want to use. Um, okay. It is so, and actually, the recipe itself is for a five gallon homebrew batch, which then I, which then you I, I you know you scale up to whatever you are brewing on a, a you know I, I assume. yeah. Um. The they give the uh they they give like water treatments depending on which way you want to go northeast IPA or west coast IPA. Uh the grain bill's pretty simple. It's two row barley, um flaked oats and carapils. Okay. And the uh with bittering Columbus bittering hops and then um mosaic cascade in the whirlpool and Simcoe citra mosaic and cascade in the dry hops. Damn. Um, and I mean, a lot, it's, it's a lot of hops. I'm looking at, let's say four, six, eight, 10, 12, 13, 13 ounces of, of, uh, hops. So three quarters of a pound, just about, I mean, but not out of the question for like hazy or even modern IPAs. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's like, if you're not using a half a pound or three quarters of a pound for a five gallon batch, you're just not trying anymore. I'm just trying to figure out, like, for, like, if a small brewery wanted to do this that didn't have a contract for Mosaic or Citra, how expensive this beer is going to be to fucking make? Um, I mean, Citra is pretty easy to get now. I mean, I kind of saw that in my... I, I raised an eyebrow at Mosaic because Mosaic is famously um, hard to uh, tar- hard to get a hold of. But you know what? 
I'll bet you right now hops are a little bit cheaper. I don't <laughs> know for a fact, but I'm guessing with an entire industry essentially like, nope, we don't need to brew any more beer. Um, I'll bet you you can get a hold of hops right now. I don't know that. I'd be it, we may we may have to make that a mission to see if we can find any information on what the hell is happening with the hops industry. Um, they may just be going, you know what? Fuck it. We can wait this out. We've got the the hops are in pellets. They're in the cooler. We can we'll just wait until people start drinking beer again. This is fine. This is totally fine. Move on, everybody. Uh, I have the numbers for Mosaic and Citra. Oh, go for it. Um. So just looking on Lupulin Exchange right now, which is usually, if you're not in a contract, it's going to be a decent option. Prices can be a little high, and you get raped on shipping. <laughs> but looking at this, um, I know I looked at Citra last year about this time. It was about like 22 to $25 a pound. Right now, it's about 15 to $18 a pound. Okay. So a little bit cheaper. And then Mosaic right now is running about 15 to 19 a pound. All right. So about same price. So not too bad. Uh, and, yeah, you're going to get bent a little on the shipping, but... I mean, you're just shy of... You're just a little over three-quarters of a, a pound of... A th- three-quarters of a pound of hops for a five-gallon batch scaled up. Um, you know, it's again, I mean, but if you're used to brewing modern IPAs, well, first of all, I mean, if you're using, I mean, if you're doing IPAs the way they are made, the way are made now, it's not, it would not be out of the question for you to have a contract for Citra or Cascade, maybe or Mosaic. Mosaic or Mosaic. Yeah. None of these are terribly hard to get a hold of. And yeah, if you're into if you're doing hazies or you're doing West Coast IPAs, it's not out of the question that you already have a have a contract. So no, but and you definitely and you definitely have Columbus and and Cascade. So yeah, but so there you go. I mean, uh, out in the world there are, there there are small breweries brewing this beer, and you can. Uh, Go pick one up, fill a growler, and you know realize that uh, people all over, breweries all over the world apparently are making this beer. I'll be curious to see if anyone here locally launches one of those. I was thinking about it. You know, I mean, for for our system, the recipe's right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tyler. What's next? Ah. Uh- so we have a little bit of futuristic brew news. Uh, so I found an article on TechCrunch. Uh, it was more talking about um, the funding, but there is a beer company or a tech slash beer company that is giving the brewers technology to make beer from any plant-based material. Uh, it's called Province Brands. And the article is mainly talking about how they just raised $1.6 million in funding. Um, But it gives a little backstory. Uh, It's a Canadian company which developed a way to make beer from any plant material. And it's pitching itself as a solution to the increasing shortages of barley and other grains caused by global climate change. I was wondering if you're going to hit upon that because I remember last year a lot of articles coming out. I mean, I think some, I think some, uh, um, 
like industry research company came out with it and every every other news agency got a hold of it was like oh my god global climate change is going to affect your beard do you care now no okay well you carry on you fucks <laughs> uh, originally the company uh, started to focus specifically on the cannabis industry um, where they were they were going to allow um, where they were trying to make it so a cannabis company could make a beer using marijuana I mean I I feel like the, the breweries have you have uh, um have experiment. There well, there are breweries in Oregon I know that are that are experimenting with the idea. Although I know you can't use any THC, and of course, famously the hemp brewer uses hemp seeds. But we're talking not like we're not talking about the seeds or the buds. We're talking about like the plant itself. Correct. Correct. So I mean, as you you know, and anyone who's ever brewed beer kind of knows. You got four basic main ingredients, barley, hops, water, and yeast. That'll get you beer. Yep. They're saying remove the barley and use this equipment to use marijuana as your barley. Um, I think I should take a like a quick moment here to to to, to uh, uh, explain why we do use barley to make beer. Unless you want to do it. I'll let you get on your soapbox. I mean, it's, you know, just... So, so here's how it works. Um, to make any alcohol, yeast eat sugar. They piss alcohol and fart carbon dioxide. That's the basic idea. Whether you're making wine, mead, um, beer, or some hell brew that your cousin Jimmy cooked up in his garage. It starts with sugar. <laughs> or bathtub. Yeah, it starts with sugar. Um... Bar, you know, and and grains uh, in general are usually uh, are filled with carbohydrates and starches, and starches and carbohydrates and sugars are basically all part of the same same thing. They're just long chains of carbon and nitrogen and oxygen. The longer the chain, the more complex it is. The harder harder time yeast have eating it, and so. The reason we use barley is barley naturally has these enzymes that break down starches and carbohydrates into simple sugars that yeast eat. Um, that's why barley is magical. But in theory, you could take any plant matter, which is mostly carbohydrates and starch. And if you could somehow break that down, you could create simple sugar that yeast can eat. Well, here's an example of one company uh, that has actually used this technology to make a one-off beverage. Uh, the Cambridge Bay Canadian Hemp Lager will be the first beer brewed from hemp. Uh, according to the company Province Brands, um, they use hemp, hops, water, and yeast. The beverage contains no THC, CBD, or photocannabis or cannabinoids. And can legally be sold wherever alcohol is sold. I mean, there's, yeah, because there's no psychoreactive element in there. They just literally taken the plant and broken it down into sugar. Yep. Um, in a statement, they said this could be transformative for beer companies where the price of barley has gone through the roof. The nice part about being in the Pacific Northwest is that's where a lot of the barley's grown. 
I mean, so, Idaho is the uh, the actually largest producer of barley in the country. Um, so you know, go Idaho. And in fact, all of all of Budweiser's uh, barley is grown in Idaho. So if you've ever had a Budweiser, you are drinking Idaho, and also you are drinking shame. Not because of the Idaho part, <laughs> a little because of the Idaho part, but I mean, mostly because of the Budweiser part. Shame going down your gullet and into your stomach. Yep. So this will be <laughs> game changing. <laughs> I'm just going to push through. I'm just going to move past. I'm just going to move past that. <laughs> uh, this could be game changing, depending how expensive this technology and equipment is. Uh, for places where, especially like kind of the more like third world island countries where it's a lot harder to get barley shipped down to it. So you got to be a little more creative. Mm -hmm. So this could open up breweries in places that wouldn't have been able to function as a brewery in the coming years. So it's a... It's a modern spin on an old idea because, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, you're talking about, you know, um, uh, there's a whole style called the tropical stout that um, basically they took the idea of an English stout. Um, but in order to extend the, uh, the extend what barley they could get, uh, they'd mix it with some other things. In fact, they used a lot of uh, molasses or other byproducts of the sugar manufacturer, which was a thing. So a lot of times your tropical stouts are these like nice, very, very dry, roasty stouts that are that they use sugar um, as a as as an ingredient. But I mean, this is obviously taking it, you know, one more step. I mean, not just using sugar. It's just, you know, taking taking whatever you have and making sugar out of it. Yeah. And I mean, it. I don't see this replacing barley as a go-to for the majority but i could see some smaller more boutique places or places where it's harder to get your malted barley kind of adopting this method and running with it um they did say that 1.6 million is going to help construct a 123,000 square foot brewing facility and receive additional licensing from health canada Rock on. So, I mean, I mean, now the thing, the part of that, that throws me about this story, I mean, I mean, you could conceivably use this with any plant material that's starchy or carbohydrate rich, correct? Correct. And in the article, they do say that they're actually going, they're working with a couple liquor companies and a tequila manufacturer to try to do a beer kind of from their spent grain. Ooh. But I'm I'm not sure kind of they didn't really get into that. It was like literally two sentences. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure what they're doing with that. But from the article I read, it at least makes it seem anything, any plant-based material that you can get sugar out of or starches, it'll do it. I mean, this leads me to two conclusions. Number one, um, they are showing their hippie side where the first thing they say is, we can make beer out of literally any plant. What should we do? Uh, Pot? Pot. (laughs) And this also means, too, 
perhaps someday in the future, you can turn your lawn clippings into beer. That would be... I would actually like to mow the lawn then. <laughs> I mean, talk about your lawnmower beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just empty the empty the bag into whatever this machine is, brew it on the other side. I don't remember what... I mean, if... I don't imagine what that uh, that beer would be. Well, it's got to be interesting, but you know, there you go. You have fields of uh, fields of uh, beer just growing in your back lawn. All you need is the right equipment. That's a whole new spin on Fort George's fields of green. <laughs> Women brewers are badass news now. Um, so the Pink Boots chapter of uh, the North Texas of North Texas, uh, in collaboration with uh, Hop and Sting Brewery. Uh, released their first canned beer for distribution ever. Um, partially, uh, partially because of you know what we we all know why it's being canned. Um, the beer is called uh, She's because you won't drink it otherwise. <laughs> the beer is called She's Intense, um, and uh, it is part of the uh, 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 the 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 pink bro- the pink boots. Uh, series of collaborations that are going on all over the country. Um, and this one is uh, specifically uh, promoting um, STEM education for, uh, for girls. In fact, um, the, uh, uh, the, the brewery actually hosted, um, you know, uh, they brought in a few, they brought in a few girls um, uh, throughout the day to go see their, to go see their uh, the brew house and talking about um, the uh, the aspects of uh, STEM education and how it uh, applied to their particular industry. Um, obviously, very few and uh, and you know in in short bursts, but um, the uh, uh, the she's intense is uh, is now available. Um, Anyway, the She's Intense is described as a, a smooth mouthfeel and a soft, balanced bitterness. It has a lot of fruity, tropical aroma with notes of pine. It's delicious and surprisingly easy for a triple dry hopped 8.5% double hazy IPA. Holy fuck. So they aren't fucking around. <laughs> and it's just, and it's just uh, uh, one of... I mean, there's the interesting thing uh, that uh, I mean, uh, it's just one of the uh, um, uh, one of the offerings that a lot of breweries are doing for the uh, the pink the pink boots International Women's Day brews. Um, last call from Last Keg um, is doing a nine point one Belgian strong. Damn. And um, uh, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, sorry. So the. Uh, so, or order, order by her name brewing um, during the 1989, which is a 4.3 Berliner Weiss. Um, but uh, the uh, the beers are going to promote uh, 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 STEM education in uh, young women. That is awesome. I can, I love drinking a beer for a good cause. So, I would slam a six pack of that. Um, if, if you are in Texas, you can find it. And it's, of, of course, the first beer that this brewery has ever canned. Um, and so, yeah, it might be it might be hard to get a hold of, but uh, if you can, uh, go go try to find it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's the, uh, the, 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 the same 
you know, the, the same like rituals and uh, and causes in, in craft beer are still going on, just slightly altered. Hundred percent. It's we're living in a strange new time. Don't we know it? All right, Tyler. Anything to add today? Uh, that is about it for me. All right. Well, this has been it's all beer. As always, you can find the stories we uh, use to get this um, on our Twitter account. That's at it's all beer one. Uh, we've got uh, we've got shit that we throw up on Instagram and Facebook every once in a while. You know, usually the dumbass shit we're drinking. Um, it's at you can find that at it's all beer. And uh, if you have. If you have stories that you want us to report on, or if, even if you like have some uh, uh, some interesting stories from the industry in these, as Tyler said, strange ass times, um, let us know. You can get a hold of us. It's all beer at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I think that'll be all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. There's a real part of me that was like, I mean, I'm, I'm watching like the like the the video chat like go everywhere. I'm like, did he fall down drunk? <laughs> No, I was trying to open the Starburst, so when we finish up here, I can eat a Starburst. <laughs> I'm going to have a beer. Todd's going to have a Starburst. And a beer.